You're listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Now alongside Coach Edwards, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. All in all, not a bad way to open a new season and a new era of Sun Devil football, am I right? With a 49-7 route of UTSA last Saturday, Arizona State ushered in the Herm Edwards era in fine fashion, winning their home opener for the 20th straight year, the fourth longest active streak of its kind in college football. With that season opening win, the Sun Devils have now set the stage for what shapes up to be a terrific Pac-12 versus Big Ten matchup this coming Saturday night at Sun Devil Stadium when Arizona State will host one of college football's premier programs as the Michigan State Spartans visit Tempe for the first time since 1986. Join us over the next hour as we recap the Sun Devil season opening win over UTSA and preview the upcoming Michigan State game as we welcome you all aboard with Herm Edwards Presented by Coors Light for the world's most refreshing beer, 21 Means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Good evening, everybody. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of Sun Devil Football. With me, first-year ASU coach Herm Edwards. And Herm and I will be here every Thursday night during the season to update you on Sun Devil Football. When I say here, here is our new home for the uh, coaches show in 2018. The Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen, located on First and Farmer near downtown Tempe. Come on in and join us. Great food, great drinks, lots of TVs going, and great Sun Devil football conversation with yours, uh, are yours to be enjoyed here at the Lodge. Without any further ado, let me welcome in Coach Herm Edwards. Great to work with you on the show, Herm. Well, thank you. And it, we've got good news about your wife, and, yes. and that's even better. That's if, the best if, news if of the If you'll night. indulge me a personal moment, our, my good friend Jeff Munn filled in for me last week as my wife Margie underwent a partial mastectomy. And we just got the news yesterday that the cancer has not spread to the lymph nodes. So uh, she uh, she's doing great and uh, very encouraged. And I appreciate all the thoughts and prayers of all of our all of our friends in Sun Devil Nation. And I'll tell you what, your football team's play Saturday night kind of helped me out in that regard, Coach. Uh, what was the experience like for you? What were your uh, takeaways from Saturday? Well, it was really it was a, it was enjoyable for me to watch. Um, you put in all this planning, uh, over 200 days uh, of planning, basically, whether it was the off-season program and everything that the players and the coaches uh, had to go through before the opening day. And then you come into the stadium, and you're not quite sure what's about to happen because I think every coach opening day always wonders, you know, how is this thing going to look? Mm-hmm. And um, at times uh, it looked very good, and at times it was spotty. And, and I think the players realized that, you know, when you when, when – you, open up a game and you watch games prior to when we played there was a lot of games more games lost than one due to mistakes mm-hmm. uh, due to bad tackling doing to turn the ball over just fouls foolish fouls that i always call them but um for the most part i thought our team hung in there when we had some errors kept our poise and fought through it and then we're able to really run away with the game in the second half in some ways it almost seemed to me like it's a perfect storm for you and your staff in that your team had a lot of good things happen a lot of highlights and we'll detail those in the next hour and yet as you would say plenty of coachable moments for your kids no doubt and and football is about coachable moments it really is and and situations and and i think our players are are well equipped to understand that um offensively uh, you talked about an offense that had a lot of explosive players uh, that showed up 
uh, an offensive line that was put together a little bit different than it was last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, our mindset was to be able to run the football, and we were able to do that in the second half. So a lot of good things come out of it. The numbers you know, are, are really appealing to you when you look at the offensive numbers. Um, and defensively, uh, when you knock the quarterback down, you sack him and you take the ball away, you have a chance to win games. Special teams was, was not what we anticipated. Uh, there was a lot of errors in special teams play, and I think this week we really um, focused on our concentration to, to, to pick up that part of the game. Yeah. Offensively, I was really impressed the way you were able to run the football, 266 uh, rushing yards for your club. And how about this number, these, uh, these couple of numbers? The Devils last week averaged 7.5 yards per rush attempt. But this one really uh, kind of blows you away. Arizona State last week, the two backs averaged almost four yards per rush attempt before contact. That meant they were gaining four yards on every carry before anybody hit them. And to me, that says your line's opening holes and your backs have some pretty good uh, shifty uh, elusiveness. Well, you mentioned our offensive line and really going into that game, um, that's what the game was really about for us offensively. Um, the defense that we were playing was ranked fifth in the country. A very stout defense, very powerful defense up front. And the challenge was to our offensive linemen. Was, could, could we make holes for the runners? And, and could we run the football with some balance? And obviously we're able to do that. So that's, that, that's credited to the coaching staff over there and obviously the players are going out and playing the game. And you got a nice one-two punch, I think, potentially, with Eno Benjamin, who had 131 yards and 16 carries. Ran for a touchdown, caught a touchdown pass. Then you bring five foot seven inch, one hundred sixty nine pound Isaiah Floyd off the bench, and all he does is go nine carries, seventy nine yards, and a touchdown. Well, he's smart. He stays behind those big offensive linemen. You can't see they him can't until he gets find about him. five yards down the field. Half the time I couldn't see him. I said, "Oh, where's he at?" And all of a sudden he's running by. He's running behind Cabral and those guys, and you can't find him for five five yards. And he yeah. goes, then he appears. You know, yeah. so they did a great job, and I thought he did a great job running the ball as well. All right, we've heard from a lot of different people this week, and I'm going to ask uh, our two player guests, Manny uh, Manny Wilkins and Cole Cabral, when they come on a little bit later to get their thoughts on. Uh, I wanted to get your take on Nikhil Harry's uh, 31-yard touchdown run late in the third quarter. I've kind of run out of my supply of superlatives uh, for that young man. How would you describe that? Where does it rate on the scale? Well, obviously, when it makes the worldwide leaders highlights, it rates pretty good, right? <laughs> I wonder why that happened. Uh, yeah, seriously. And, and, you know, it was a 30-yard in the books, but basically it was a, probably an 80-yard play mm-hmm. of all the guys. You know, he made miss and his ability to continue to work his way backfield. Now, you would never tell a guy to catch a screen pass and obviously work back 40 yards going the opposite way. But he found his way. And, and what was incredible about that play, when that generally happens, there's always a penalty. You just figure there's going to be a yeah. penalty. Somebody's going to get blocked in the back because that's, that, that's the unannounced play. It's supposed to go to the left. Right, right. And everyone's running out. Offensive linemen are trying to block guys. And all of a sudden, he's moving and mm-hmm. he's making people miss. And he ends up going to the right. And generally, that's when the penalties come into play. Our guys did a fabulous job of not fouling anybody. And Nikhil just, you know, I mean, that's why he's Nikhil. I mean, when you have great players, um, they make the unannounced play, the play you can't draw up on the script. You just get them the ball. And Coach Likens did a great job, I thought, in the beginning of the game to get him involved in the offense. And that's what you have to do. Great players want to touch the ball, and it sends a message that our player is going to get the ball. And I just it ignited our whole offense, I thought. Defensively, I was just impressed how, ki- how active your kids were. First game in a brand-new scheme, the 3-3-5, brought over by coordinator Danny Gonzalez from San Diego State. 
And uh, talk, we talked to Coach Gonzalez on the field immediately after the game, and the first word out of his mouth, and, and I actually kind of loved it, but he said, we got a long way to go. But I tell you what, it certainly wasn't a, first ba- a bad first step on the journey. You know, when you think that until about the last three minutes, probably could have shut him out. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to do at any level to get a shutout. But, but I, I like the way we tackled and, and the way we ran to the football. And, and he's right. There's some things we can do better, uh, especially in coverage. And, and we're young, and we knew that going into the game. You start two freshman linebackers. I mean, who does that? I mean, okay, you guys are going to play. And they went and played. And, and a third that played quite yeah, a bit. And, yeah, and there's, there, there was what? There's nine guys on that defense that have never started. Wow. And, and so, wow. you know, it's a credit to the staff and to the players. I mean, they did a fabulous job of, of getting honing in, in in the game plan. And and, then, and, I, and I thought the thing you're always concerned about is tackling. Because mm-hmm. we don't you – know, we tackle, but we don't tackle live a lot. I just think – you don't need to do that to be good a good tackler because I worry about injuries. Absolutely. Right? And so we didn't do a lot of live tackling uh, in the spring or even in, in training camp. But we, we took our shots. But but a live game where you really got to tackle, I thought they did a nice job of, of really tackling well. Some of the defensive numbers, only 220 total yards allowed, only two, two net rushing yards for UTSA on uh, Saturday. Nine quarterback sacks, the most by an Arizona State team since a game we all cherish and remember, the 2013 Pac-12 South Division title-clinching win at UCLA. Fifteen tackles for loss, three turnovers forced. UTSA averaged uh, less than two and a half yards per play in that ball game. Those are dominant numbers. Um, <laughs> if you could keep those things up, we're going to win a lot of games. <laughs> I'll tell you what. No. You know, it, it's hard to do, but but it's a good start. And I, and I think when you when you come in to a program and, and you totally change your whole defensive personality, that's tough. I mean, that's that's hard. It's it's very difficult because players are being asked to do different things, and, and you know, it's a new system for all of them, for all the players. No one had played in the system, mm-hmm. and uh, the coaches did a great job of preparing them. We didn't do a whole lot, did enough where we felt the players were comfortable. We can continue to add more things to the package, and Danny will do that as these players gain knowledge of uh, what we're trying to do. I think one number you said to us on the postgame show on uh, Saturday night that you'd like to have seen flip-flopped were the number of plays. They actually ran 77 plays. You were able to gain those 503 yards in just 60 plays. Yeah, and, and, you know, the team were about to play, Michigan State. I mean, that's what they do. They had they almost held the ball for 38 minutes last week. Wow. Yeah. And that's a lot of possession time. And so what we have to be able to do is, is even that out. Uh, because college football is really about this. It's about possessions and what do you do with the possessions. Some people would like to take possessions and run the clock down and, and make it a low-scoring affair and rest their defense. Others want possessions to score a lot of points. We're somewhere in the middle of that. You know, we, we want to make sure that our defense is rested, but also have numerous plays because we can get more of our skilled players in, involved in the offense. And we have a, a, a handful of skilled players. You saw a few of them this week. There's more. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. we just didn't, we didn't finish drives when you look at our offense. We were explosive at times, but we did not finish drives where you had one of those eight, 10, 12 play drives. I mean, those are fun to watch because now everyone gets involved in the offense and 
that's what we're going to have to do uh, against Michigan State if we're going to have some success. And speaking of uh, Michigan State, I love the way you phrased it uh, after the game. It's time to strap on the old big boy pants uh, because I think it's really cool that in your second game at Arizona State, we have that big game atmosphere awaiting us Saturday night at Sun Devil Stadium, the blackout. The worldwide leader will be here to televise the game nationwide. You are under orders to turn the sound down and turn up the radio, by the way, and uh, listen in. But uh, it, it's a really fun. It, I, I know you're. How do you, what did you think of the atmosphere this past week? It's fantastic. It, it you know, I've watched college games from afar. I, I did SEC games when I was working for the worldwide leader my second year, and I understood that atmosphere. Um, and I've seen it from television, obviously, but but being in in, in that in that college setting, mm-hmm. it's a wonderful thing. And walking into that stadium and looking down at that other end and watching our student body go crazy for the players, it, it was it was fun. It, it was a lot of fun. And it will be a lot of fun Saturday night. Michigan State out of the Big Ten. We're going to preview that game a little later on in the show. But just uh, boy, oh boy, you, you, when you think of the great programs in college football this decade, people right away will talk about Alabama and Clemson and Oklahoma and schools like that. But, my goodness, you look at what Mark D'Antonio's done up there. Six of the last eight years they've won ten or more games, and five of those six years they won 11 or more. He's done a fantastic job. He's been in that program now uh, 12 seasons, I believe it is. And, um, as you said, they're an established football program um, and always seems to be in the top 20 you know, year in and year out, I think they're ranked 15th now. Mm-hmm. Um, they have an identity, a DNA of who they are. Um, offensively, last week they ran it 42 times. They want to pound the football. They're big physical guys. Um, they got some big receivers that can that can catch the 50-50 ball. Got a local quarterback who's a, who's a talented player. Right. Can make a lot of plays with his legs outside the pocket. Their defense is very stingy. Uh, they don't allow you to run the football. Um, very solid there. So. You know, that's, that's who Michigan State is, mm-hmm. historically. I mean, that, that's kind of who they've been. I mean, so it, it's it's kind of fun to play a team like this because you kind of know their identity. They have a program that's built um, to sustain longevity and good for them because that's that's what college football should be. You want programs that can sustain themselves where year after year you're always in the hunt. And uh, you marvel at the guys that are able to do that. Indeed, and Michigan State right at the top of that list. Lots more to come your way this evening on All Aboard with Coach Herm Edwards. We're going to preview that Michigan State game later on. Also later, ASU Offensive Coordinator Rob Likens will join us. Up next, you'll hear from the two young men who are at the heart of every offensive play the Sun Devils run. As center Cole Cabral and quarterback Manny Wilkins will join us. You're listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe. Now, this time out on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Let's start the second quarter of All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. On game day, leave the driving to lift. Proud partner of Sun Devil Athletics. Download the app and enter the code SUNDEVILS for $5 off your first four rides. What a deal, huh? Welcome back to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of Sun Devil Football and your host for tonight's show. And Boy, we got a nice crowd here that's gathered at the Lodge in Tempe for this uh, second show of the year. Let yourselves be heard, folks. Terrific crowd. Time now to welcome in our two player guests this evening to put in perspective 
just how significant these two young men are in the operation of the Sun Devil offense. Consider the fact that they are the only two players who will touch the ball on every single offensive play. One is in his first year as ASU's starting center. After playing left tackle a year ago, he comes from Rancho Cucamonga, California, and say hello to junior center Cole Cabral. Cole, your first time on the show. Welcome aboard, buddy. Thank you for having me, guys. Great to have you here. Joining Cole tonight is the guy who gets the ball when Cole snaps it to him, and what he's done with the ball once it's snapped to him has catapulted him to the number nine slot in ASU's all-time career passing list, and Manny has a chance to go over the 6,000-yard mark in in, uh, career passing yards this Saturday against Michigan State. Last week in the season opener against UTSA, he set a new personal best with his four touchdown passes, no interceptions, no sacks. He's from Novato, California, already has his Arizona State degree. Please welcome in quarterback Manny Wilkins. Good to see you, Manny. Thanks for having me. You're happy to be here. Glad to have you here. Some opening observations, fellas. Start with you, Manny. Uh, just some over your overview of uh, how you felt the offense performed last week. Yeah, I thought there was obviously um, some points we left on the field, but uh, I think at the end of the day, this was really a game where we wanted to make sure um, our identity and, and how we uh, handle ourselves on the field, whether it was a negative situation or a positive situation. Um, we're a mature group. We're a veteran group, so we needed to act like that on the field, and, and I think that was the, the biggest bonus of this game. Coach uh, Coach told me before the game he wanted to see if you guys, and it's a phrase I've heard a lot in other sports, wanted to see if you'd be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. What was your gauge of that on Saturday? Yeah, there was a couple instances where, you know, some adversity striked. You know, there was a couple calls missed here and there, but um, you know, we didn't complain once. We, we, we shrugged it off, came back the next time, and, and did what we needed to do to put points on the board. Cole, how about you? How would you evaluate the, the O-line's play in week one? Uh, I think we did a very good job. Uh, came out, ran the ball well, protected Manny, kept him clean. That was our goal coming into game one, uh, make a statement that we're different than years past. Yeah. 266 rushing yards, zero sacks. I think you take as much pride in either one of those, don't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, being able to go out and run the ball game one, not knowing what you're going to get up front, um, being able to do what we did, and same thing in the passing game with keeping Manny straight up. That's not been the same thing that's happened in years past. Of course, Manny, a lot of us were anxious to see with the departure of Demario Richard and Kalen Bellage how the running game would function. Mm-hmm. You, when I've talked to you all preseason, you've been very high mm-hmm. on your young stable of backs. And, boy, two of them really showed out the other night. Talk, us, talk about Eno and uh, Isaiah Floyd, how they performed, and why you have that confidence in that group in general. Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, a guy that obviously stands out as three is Eno. Um, you know, I think just the way that he handles himself as a professional in practice um, the reps he takes, there, there is no slouchy reps. You know, every rep that he takes, he puts his best foot forward. Um, he leads those younger running backs. He lets them know the things that they need to know. Um, and, and really, he just has that, that attitude that he wants to be here. He wants to be successful here. Um, and that's that is contagious. You know, it's, uh, it's something that pushes off on everybody else. So yeah. that he, energy is good to have. He seems to me like a kid who's mature beyond his years. Is that the way he is in the locker room? Yeah, I mean, we all, you know, joke here and there and have our moments. But, man, like there's a lot of us that when we cross those white lines, we know that it's supposed to be like professionals and it's supposed to be businesslike. And and, uh, he's one of those guys that handles himself that way. Cole, your offensive line a little bit different. The running back's a young group. You brought back a lot of experience in the O-line. Talk about that. And in particular, the big fella from Stanford that has come in and taken over at left tackle, Casey Tucker. Oh, yeah. um, 
have an addition to Casey, being able to add an extra, very experienced body over there, um, helping everybody out. I mean, he brings in a lot of knowledge from Stanford um, with a lot of different tricks of what they've done in the uh, short yardage goal and stuff that we've been able to add into our stuff. Um, and then Quinn having a lot of starts too. Steve, mm-hmm. Alex just getting started. Um, it's very set pretty much across the board. And you at center, that seems to be uh, the position where a lot of people think you're going to play after uh, Arizona State on Sundays. Uh, what, in your opinion, makes you so effective at the center position? I think it's just a change-up. Most centers aren't very tall or as lengthy as I am. Um, being able to go out there and use my length to my advantage, I think. Yeah. No, he's smart. And that's, that's what separates him is his his knowledge of the game is, is higher than most people, and he handles himself well on the field. For a first-year starter, because the center has to do all the calls in the O-line, and that's uh, quite a responsibility. And it sounds to me, Manny, like he's handling it pretty well. Yes, 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 he is. Indeed. Now, I know you feel blessed that you get to throw the football to the guy that wears uniform number one. Uh, you've said often, even when he's covered, he's not covered because he goes and gets the 50-50 balls. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have any? Uh, have you run out of superlatives describing Nikhil, or how? How would you tell these people that don't know him as well what makes him such a great football player? Just throughout all the success that he's had, um, I don't think his his attitude or appreciation of the game has wavered once. Wow. Um, he's he's somebody who doesn't take this game for granted. He knows the, you know the. The, the pluses, the bonuses that they can bring to his life um, in, a, in a positive mindset. Um, and really, it's just what separates him is his work ethic. I think that he's one of those guys where, you know, he stays after practice 20, 30 minutes on the jugs, whether we're throwing fades. Whether, you know, we're just always trying to do extra um, because his mindset is that if there's something out there that he can do more, he's going to do it because the next man won't. I can, I can vouch for that. A couple days ago, the media gets their interviews after practice and – Usually we're done around 12.30, 12.45, and I was leaving the facility, going out through the back door, opened it up, and who's waiting to come in is Nikhil mm-hmm. in his uniform. He had just gotten done with practice. Mm-hmm. Cole, how would you describe that touchdown run of Nikhil's last week? Did you get to see any, any oh, of it, first uh, of all? I was in panic, like, where are you going? <laughs> trying to find Just trying to find somebody to hit. But, I mean, he can make some plays when he's got the ball in his hand. It makes it fun to watch. Yeah. Manny, I, I know you, you've got your own personal hit list of uh, Nikhil favorites. So is that near the top now, or how would you describe that play? You know, anytime you have a receiver catch a ball that I threw probably um, 10 yards, you know, total length, and him, you know, go 60 or him go <laughs> right. uh, 35 or whatever it was, um, those are always my favorites because it looks like I threw a long touchdown on a statue. So, um, but uh, yeah, he's he's a stud, man. He is uh, something else. And I remember you told me at the beginning of the season that he told you that he just feels so locked in right now, doesn't yep. he? Yep. Just, that's. I mean, that's a. Uh, I've I've been trying to tell him, and I just I never have had this feeling that I have right now. It's almost that, um, just to see destiny really taking place. Um, and all the hard work, you know, it begins to pay off. And we're nowhere near where we can be. Mm-hmm. But just to have, you know, that little bit of a hint of success, man, it, it feels good to have. And it, and it boosts your momentum. Boy, and you get that running game going. And then you've got some other targets. Uh, talk about some yeah. of your other uh, fellas in the past game. Kyle Williams only had one catch last, mm-hmm. uh, last week. But, boy, oh, boy, he had 66 a year ago. Terrell yeah. Chapman, his first career touchdown reception. Yeah. Frank Darby, you threw a great pass to him on a fourth down play. Yeah, I mean, all these guys, man, we 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 worked so hard all off season to, to really gel together and have a really good relationship on the football field. 
um, that when we got to the season, we just wanted it to be second nature. Um, so, you know, those balls, the, the fourth and three ball, we've practiced that thousands of times since offseason started that it doesn't feel like a fourth down. It feels like, you know, yeah. uh, play three of, of, of our script in practice. So it's because the repetition that we did, and it's a it's a credit to our coaching how much we practice these things, and, and it becomes uh, it becomes simple for us because we do it so much. And a credit to you. That was a great throw. And, boy, what uh, what a great job by Frank Darby to catch it Better over catch. the shoulder and get the foot inbounds. Uh, for, and I think the touchdown was scored by Eno on the very mm-hmm. next play. So now it's on to uh, Saturday, Michigan State coming in. Uh, it's going to be on national TV. It's a sellout. It's a blackout. It's a great opponent from the Big Ten. Uh, Cole, share with me your thoughts. Just as a player, what's it like to play and anticipate playing in a game such as this? Um, it's exciting because you're getting to face a new conference. You guys have never played before, a different style of play. Um, go out and show what you guys can do from a different conference and go out and fall. Yeah. Michigan State, uh, as Coach was talking about their DNA in the first segment, a lot of that DNA is their ability to defend. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last year they were the number two run defense in the country, and I think they were seventh in total defense. Give us your scouting report. What makes them so difficult to run against? Um, I just think it's the big bodies they got up front. I mean, their their D tackles are very large, long, lengthy guys. Their DNs are just as long, not as big, though, but... uh, their linebackers fill the hole ridiculously quick. I think that's the hardest part is most uh, linemen can't stay on their double teams very long just because there's someone running through. What will be the key for you in the O-line to clear some holes uh, for guys like uh, Isaiah Floyd and uh, Eno Benjamin to run through on Saturday night? Just give them a crack, to be honest. Those guys are so uh, squeaky through the hole that you just give them a little bit of a hole with uh, whether it's full blocks, double teams, getting guys moved off the line of scrimmage and just letting them run. Eno does a really good job of following his blockers, doesn't yeah. he? I mean, he sets up our blocks 90% of the time. It's the, Our coaches tell him, hey, set up your blocks how you want them set up. I mean, to me, that's a guy that you think he'd been in the in the Pac-12 for four years doing that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Manny, your scouting report on Michigan State. I know you have some uh, guys on the team that you know personally, don't mm-hmm. you? Yeah, I know uh, Brian Lewerke and Dee Stu. Daryl Stewart, yeah, their receiver. Yeah. I trained with them in the offseason with Dennis. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, but scout report, I mean, these guys are a disciplined football team. Um, you know, like Cole said, I think their strength is their, their up front, their front seven. They are um, talented there. They they don't do a lot of finesse. They just want to overpower you, overpower you and say, my guy is better than your guy, just match up. Mm-hmm. Um, defensive backs, there there's some guys there that are very athletic, tall, lanky guys. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we see these type of guys every week in, week out. So um, I think the difference maker for them, though, is their, is their front seven. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what's it like just ex- anticipating the atmosphere, the blackout, the national television? You, you know what Sun Devil Stadium's like when we have a game like this, don't you? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm really excited for this. I'm Honestly, I'm excited for... Uh, for the fans, man, for the culture of, of Arizona State football, just to just to have everybody be on the same page, um, you know, it's a it's a cool thing to go through experience-wise. Um, but at the same time, when I cross those white lines, it doesn't matter if there's seventy thousand, hundred thousand, or thirty thousand in there. Um, do my best, my best job to put us in a situation to win this game well we can't wait to watch it unfold on uh, saturday night and by the way man congratulations on getting your degree that's Thank awesome you. man Thank you. that's terrific stuff and uh two great young men huh manny wilkins and cole cabral sun devil center our guest tonight guys thanks for joining us and uh best of luck on saturday night against michigan state thank, Thank you for you. having us 
For the world's most refreshing beer, 21 means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Up next, we'll visit with the mastermind of the Sun Devil offense in 2018 as coordinator Rob Likens will drop by. You're listening to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light, live from the Lodge in Tempe. I'm Tim Healy, and now this timeout on the Sun Devil Radio Network, presented by Gila River Hotels and Casinos. This is All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Third quarter. You know, a college football team needs a quality night's rest the evening before a big game, and that's exactly what the Sun Devils get at the Hilton Scottsdale, where the team stays before all home games once again in 2018. Welcome back to the show. Coming your way from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen on First and Farmer in Tempe. I'm Tim Healy. Welcome you back to All Aboard with Coach Herm Edwards. And joining us in this segment is a gentleman who's in his second year at Arizona State, his first as the Sun Devils' offensive coordinator. He's got nearly a quarter century of coaching experience, but honest to God, he doesn't look a day older than 35. <laughs> Coach Rob Likens joining us this evening. How are you, Rob? I'm doing great, Tim. Thank you so much. Especially, Thank you. especially after you get compliments like that, huh? <laughs> that's man, right. Oh, that's right. Hey, that had to have been a proud moment for you Saturday. You're up in the booth calling the plays for a Pac-12 team uh, in its season opening game. What was the experience like for you? What was it like? We were just talking before we went on the air. Kind of a yeah. weird deal being up in the booth for you. Huh? That's, that's right. Uh, you know, I loved uh, the Sun Devil game day experience is one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Uh, being down there last year and, and watching the Sparky come out there and step on the bus and <laughs> the fork and, oh, my gosh, it's great. And you you look down, man, and there's people everywhere. And so I go up in the booth, and I can't hear anything you can't hear anything and so i was just like looking around going this is kind of weird you know it's like i'm up here is there a game going on down there (laughs) seriously but it's really weird it seemed to work out fairly well for you hey how significant do you think it was from a continuity standpoint that when he assembled his staff coach edwards kept a lot of uh, the members of coach graham's staff including yourself and enabled you to uh, step up to be the oc oh yeah i'm you know and I can't even express in words how much I appreciate um, Coach Edwards. You know, um, you know, I will say this about him: he's one of the, the best human beings I've ever been around in my entire life. And you know, when I when I drive to work every day, um, you know, there, you know, there's two things that I want to do: I want to make my dad proud, and I don't want to disappoint Herm Edwards. And you know, that's that's what I think about him. He's such a, a good person. And uh, what was the question? I'm sorry, I got off track. Talking oh, about my coach. No, you, you, you've answered it pretty doggone well, but the continuity. Of oh, the, yes. Especially for, because, uh, you know, it's pretty well documented that uh, Manny is now playing for his fourth offensive court That's right. four years. But That's right. the fact that you were on staff last year has got to help him, I think, in the transition Yeah, this year. And, and that was one thing that I did not want to do. You know, you know we were just talking at the table. Um, you know, it is kind of hard for me to to call plays fast that come out because of the vernacular i'm not i'm not used to it you know and um so i had to change because i didn't want manny to ha- and the players to have to learn a new system a new vernacular words and all that so right. i kind of uh you know learned that on my own and it's still i'm still in the learning process with that but i think it's very important that you know we kind of kept all the verbiage the same and the concepts names the same and all of that so they're you know so wasn't such a big learning curve and uh, speaking of learning curve how valuable is it in a year of transition for the program to have an experienced productive third year starting quarterback 
uh, having the keys to your car, so to speak. Oh, there is no doubt because, you know, in, in college football, you know, these defenses are they're getting very advanced and you know they're blitzing all over the place showing all kinds of different things and running all over the place and to have a guy that is smart as man he understands defensive structure he can feel the attitudes of linebackers safeties he knows when they're blitzing he can feel it uh he very seldom does he get tricked on blitzes so you know your quarterback's got to be able to get you out of bad plays you don't want to go backwards you don't want to take negative yards and that's what can happen when quarterbacks are caught off guard on blitzes and so you know manny is he has the ability to get us out of a bad play call and get us into a good look or at least something where we're not going to lose yards and and you know he can has the ability to change the protections and all of that wow. stuff according to the blitz and yeah i mean it's that's a big advantage. Almost like having a, an offensive coordinator it, it, on the field. It absolutely it? is like having another coach on the field. Yeah, there's no question about that. Rob, your overall evaluation of the offense's performance last week. Loved um, the effort by our offensive line. I thought they played really hard. They threw their bodies around. You know, I loved, you know, running the game. We, I did not um, expect to be able to run the ball that well that early. You know, we had a... They were, you know, very stout and strong up front, their front six, and we thought maybe we would have to wear them out a little bit and um, kind of caught me off guard because, you know, I had a, a flow of, of, of a script of plays that, you know, we were we were quick game, we were going to do this, we were going to do that, that, and all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, we just got eight yards on that play. Oh, man, we just got nine yards on that play. We just, we just got ten yards on that play. So it kind of caught me off guard a little bit, knocked me off of the flow of calling plays, actually. <laughs> you, you, were, you were performing too well is what you're saying. Exactly. Yikes. Yeah, I, I met with you in your office last week, and it was interesting because I, I I'm intrigued to know if you were planning on, like, Bill Walsh was renowned, I think, for scripting like the first 10 or 15 plays right. of a ball game. And talk about your philosophy in terms of how you plan a game. The, the one thing you said that struck me, and we mentioned on the broadcast, I want to get the ball to number one in as many plays as I can as quickly as I can. Yeah, sure. So, you know, what we do, you know, on Thursdays, and I just got done doing it, um, with uh, Trey Anderson, we sit in my office. I put the uh, number one, I put his number up there, number 10, put his number up there. In the running backs, you know, all you got to do is call a run play and they're touching the ball. But there's some things, you know, you want in space to get them the ball. And then, you know, Brandon Ayuk, you know, number two, you got, you know, Frank Darby. You always want to throw him a a deep ball, you know, um, because he's pretty special at that. And so, you know, you look at your your first 15 plays or so and and you're, you know, you're kind of like, okay, there's a pretty good chance, according to the defensive structure, this guy's going to get the ball, this guy's going to get the ball, this guy's going to get the ball. So you try to script it in that way where you're getting all your playmakers the ball. So can you chime in with your description of Nikhil's uh, second touchdown run? Yeah, you know, uh, I've been doing this for 29 years. I've never seen anybody um, catch a hitch into the boundary circle of the field. But, you know, we worked on that on Thursday, Coach Edwards. You know, we catch that hitch and we go, no, I'm just kidding. No, I've never seen that before. But you know what, to to the team's credit, the offense, the uh, there was a lot of guys, if you go back and watch that film, there's a lot of guys hustling downfield. Manny jumped over a guy, landed. He's out there blocking in front of him. Terrell Chapman took off, spun back around. He's blocking for him. Quinn Bailey's running down the field. We had a lot of guys hustling um, and trying to get him to score that touchdown. How about that stat where your backs averaged almost four yards per carry before contact in that ball game? Wow, yeah, yeah I didn't. I didn't know that until you just told me that. Um, but that's 
Yeah, I don't even know what to say about that. That's pretty unheard of. I yeah. mean, the holes that they were getting. That's I, exactly I, right. I, th- I think, uh, to me, one of the unsung members of your staff, I think Coach Dave Christensen has right. done a terrific job he on did. the offensive line. He really has. He really has. And, you know, it was, you know, one of the main reasons I, wa- I wanted him to be a part of our offensive staff. I remember um, um, several years ago watching Missouri on, on film mm-hmm. and just – their offensive line standing out and I, I remember watching them on on tv as well going you know what i'm going to go visit them i, I want to see what they're doing and dave was one of the guys i went to go i went there and i went to florida to watch uh what urban meyer was doing with tim tebow and percy harvin and those guys and those yeah. were the two places that i went to interesting and, yep. and dave christensen comes from the pedigree of i think one of the unheralded great coaches in the history of college football the late don james at the university of washington uh, played for Don James at Washington. And, That's right. Uh, and then co- coached for Gary Pinkle, a That's former uh, James associate at the University go. of Missouri. But, uh, and Coach Christensen's a former head coach at a – at the uh, at Wyoming, I think. For that, five that's years. right, and he was also an offensive coordinator in this conference. And so, I mean, you know, having a guy like him and having a guy like Charlie Fisher on my side when we game plan, those guys are amazing. They helped me out tremendously, uh, and I just give them those guys all the credit. You know. So give me a coach's perspective on a big game like this and your thoughts on Michigan State, a challenge uh, for your offense to go against. We've, we've talked about uh, the great numbers Michigan State's defense has posted down through the years. Yeah, they're big. They're big. They're physical. They run to the ball. You know, I grew up in Youngstown, Ohio. I grew up an Ohio State fan. Um, I, you know, grew up in the big, the land of the Big Ten, you know. And, mm-hmm. you know, if, just ask anybody up there. They'll tell you they, they invented football. So, you know, that's where football was invented. But, <laughs> but uh, no, and, and so it's it's a great brand of football. You know, it's a little bit different than the Pac-12. You know, it's physical. They are going to run to the ball, and they're going to try to punish you when you get there. Uh, it's going to be a tremendous challenge, and I'm very, very excited. Can't wait. Utah State did some good things against Michigan State really in did. the opener, a 38-31 ball game that the Spartans, uh, they needed a touchdown and two-point conversion with two minutes left to win the ball game. Uh, were you able to glean anything out of what uh, Utah State was able to do? Their quarterback, I was really impressed with him. Yeah, absolutely. They did a great job. Uh, you know, they spread them out. Um, you know, they it's hard to run the ball on these, these guys, you know. Right. Uh, but they, you know, they got a couple, they popped a couple runs, but mostly it was tempo. It was um, short passing game, and um, they got the ball down the field a couple times, but mostly it was kind of like, you know, just dinking it down the field. One thing Rob and I share, we both love the game of baseball, and Rob Likens is a huge New York Yankees fan, and what a weird season <laughs> the Yankees are having. They yeah. have the second best record in Major League Baseball, eighty-seven and fifty-three. They're off tonight, and yet they're they're going to have to play a wild card game, probably against the Oakland A's, because the Boston Red Sox basically aren't losing anymore. Yeah, you know, and I'm a typical Yankees fan, I think they're terrible. You know, because they're in second place. You know, <laughs> hey, they could win one hundred and fifty games, but if they're in second place to the Boston Red Sox, they've had a terrible year. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, uh, once you get to postseason, anything goes, right? <laughs> That's right. That's We've right. seen teams go from the wild card to the World Series. So, Rob Likens, great job Saturday. Always great to visit with you. Good luck this weekend. Too. All right. Thank you, Tim. Coach Appreciate Rob it. Likens, Sun Devil Offensive Coordinator, our guest tonight.
on All Aboard with Herm Edwards. For the world's most refreshing beer, 21 means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Coach Herm Edwards will rejoin me to preview the Michigan State game in a moment. That's coming up as All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, rolls on from the Lodge in Tempe. You're listening to the Sun Devil Radio Network, presented by Gila River Hotels and Casinos. The fourth quarter is next on All Aboard with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. This is the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen on First and Farmer in every Thursday night during the ASU football season for All Aboard with Coach Herm. And stay afterward for great food and an ice cold beverage. That's what I plan on doing this evening. Welcome back to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light for the world's most refreshing beer. 21 means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Tim Healy, thanking all for joining us and thanking this great crowd that we've gathered here at the Lodge here on this uh, Thursday night. Boy, oh boy, awesome group. As Coach Herm Edwards is back with us, Coach, uh, your take, what strikes you about Michigan State when you watch them play on film? Their DNA on both sides of the ball, special teams as well. Um, they go about their business in, in a fashion that it's, it's traditional football. Uh, tough guy wins. And they play tough man football in all three phases. Well coached. Now they had nine fouls uh, last week as well. So the first game of the season, you expect some some fouls, but um, do a nice job of um, really understanding who they are. They never panic. You know, they're a team that has played in a lot of big games. Yes, okay, they they've got nineteen players that uh, are coming back. Uh, they're very experienced. This. As much as it is a big game because it's Michigan State coming to Arizona State, obviously, um, this is who they are. You know, when when they arrive in towns uh, on the road, it becomes a big game Mm -hmm. because they're Michigan State. You know, when you're ranking the top 15, then that's who you are. And their players understand that. Uh, There's a standard, and this is what we talk about a lot with our players. And I said, look, there's going to come a point in time where we have to realize that the standard of how we play is good enough, and we don't have to worry about the opponent so much. It's how we play, not anyone else. You know, I've always felt this as a former player. In my mind, and I played a long time, um, the opponent was faceless, to be quite honest. Yeah. It was my standard of how I was going to play every week at right corner for, for the, by the way, the Philadelphia Eagles that are losing right now, 6-3, to three, and my wife's not happy with that. <laughs> but there was a certain standard I was going to live up to every day, right. and it didn't matter if I was playing the Dallas Cowboys or the Oakland Raiders. It was just, I'm playing right corner. There's a standard I'm going to play at, and my teammates understood that, and that's how we played. Yeah. That's what we want to develop here. Yeah. Where the standard of play is this, this is what it's going to look like week in and week out, and if we do that consistently – that's when you build a program and you win a lot of football games. So when we come on a show on Thursday, we don't have to talk about the opponent. We're going to just talk about what you need to do. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, so when you say Michigan State, I mean, wherever they go, you know, now there's certain teams that are going to play. But most of the time, if they travel somewhere, so Michigan State's coming to town. Yeah. We want to be that team when Arizona State's coming to town. There you go. You know? And so it, 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 it's a program, and, yeah. and that's what we're trying to build. When they come to town, as you mentioned earlier, Coach, uh, their quarterback will be coming home, Brian Lewerke, uh, from Phoenix's Pinnacle High School. Last year had the second highest single-season total yard uh, accumulation in Michigan State history, behind only 
Drew Stanton, who played quarterback for the Cardinals uh, not too long ago. What impresses you about Lewerke's skill set? Big, strong guy, um, and is athletic. He has some athleticism. He, he leaves the pocket at times to make plays with his legs. Very good throwing the ball on the run. I mean, you guys get some big receivers um, that can have a, a big-time catch radius, and, and, and that's going to be critical for us, especially at the back end of our defense, that when the ball's up, we got to really play the ball well this week because they have big receivers, similar to Nikhil. Mm-hmm. they got big guys, big, strong, physical guys that can go up and play the ball, and so we're going to have to do a good job of when the ball is up, contest the receiver, get the ball out, play the ball, not the receiver. We're going to have to do a really good job of that. Felton Davis the third in particular, big, uh, good-looking receiver, 6'5". Last year he had a game against Penn State and a big game for them where he caught, I think, 12 passes for nearly 200 yards. Well, he's one of the go-to guys, and um, he finds his way open. I mean, when you don't think he's open, he's open because he throws in the ball. <laughs> Sounds like Nikhil Harry yeah, to me, bit, yeah, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think if, you're, if you like receiver play and you're a fan, this is a, a fun game to watch because of the size of, of, of receivers on both uh, football teams, you know, they're, they're big and they're physical, and you know, it'll be a lot of fun to watch. Coach, what do you think is your team's mindset heading into this game? Did your kids get a little uh, bolt of confidence from their performance well, against UTSA? I think what they realize is that uh, when you bring in a new staff and, and you do some things different, it's always hard to change. You know, change is hard. And uh, sometimes when you change, you're not quite sure yet, and you need to go play. Uh, and then once you play, you go, you know, guess what? Okay. And, and so I think that helped them. Now, obviously this week, now you have a another bridge to cross, yeah. per se, mm-hmm. uh, with the team coming in here. And these players, you know, they listen to what's being said. I mean, now, you know, they, they get it. And they go, okay. But I told them this. <laughs> you got to learn in your lifetime to... You can't play out of your comfort zone. You're not going to get any bigger or faster or any stronger because Michigan State came to town. That's right. You're, you are who you are, and that's going to be good enough if you just understand that. And sometimes players over overemphasize the importance of a game. You know, they, oh, this is a big game. They're all big. Yep. I, I never, I've never not played in a big game. They're all big because you only get to play one. Yeah. Okay? And, you know, and people will say, well, this one's – no, they're all important. You know, you get 12 special times to go compete. And they're, right. all, they're all valued the same. Because you beat this one team, you don't get extra points. It's just, and that's just how I think. And I'm hoping these players will kind of understand where I'm coming from because I see this as a former player. I don't talk to them as a coach. You know, I, I play more football than I can even imagine. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and that's got to be your mindset is that they're all important because you only get to play that one and that's the most important one you play. You play. You only have 365 days a year, and if you're a college football player, you only get 12 to 15 opportunities to strap it up. And my goodness, everyone has to be right up there, doesn't it? Yeah. You, you know what I learned about football? Whether you be a football player or a football coach, football is like a coin. You get to spend it, but you only get to spend it once. That's right. And then once it's gone, it's gone. You don't get it back. It's a precious coin. It's a precious coin. And when you play, it's, it's a precious game. And you want to play it to your fullest. So when it's over, you can walk off the field and live. You can live with whatever happened. Because you say, you know what? I left it out there, man. That's just, I left it all out there. That's, that's the game of football.
Great words to close out our show. Thanks to all of our friends joining us here. Thanks to the folks at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen. Thanks to our producer engineer, Sean Crespin. And we'll see you Saturday, ASU and Michigan State. Till next time, for Coach Herm Edwards, I'm Tim Healy. Thanks for listening to All Aboard. So long, everybody. You've been listening to All Aboard with Sun Devil football coach Herm Edwards. All Aboard is presented by Coors Light and airs live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe. Arizona State football is an exclusive presentation of the Sun Devil Radio Network, presented by Mid First Bank.